This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Live from the Accessible Media Studios, this is Kelly and Ramya. Entertainment, lifestyle, and great conversation. It's AMI's on-air community, and everyone's invited. Everyone, ladies and gentlemen, everyone is invited, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the program. We love having you wherever you are checking us out, uh, watching and listening in. If you're enjoying the podcast, again, thank you very much. Kelly McDonald here. Uh, hosting today and alongside me in Toronto at the studio is Danielle McLaughlin while I'm at the home studio in London, Ontario. I am a uh, uh, six foot tall black gentleman wearing a fedora a gray coat and a dress shirt, white dress shirt. So um, just settling back here for another week on Kelly and Ramya. Danielle, welcome aboard. You are one of our backup co-hosts. So when one of us is unavailable, we have a few people we can go to. And we're starting this off with you and welcome back. Well, thank you. And it's a real treat to be here with you, Kelly. Uh, in following your description, I am a white woman of middling height. I have white hair and I'm Currently wearing a black blazer with a mustard-colored shirt and a, a yellow and beige scarf. Um, and I am just so thrilled to be here on TV with you guys after my uh, history with uh, the former Kelly and Company. To be here with Kelly and Ramya is a real privilege. Well, it's always wonderful to have you on board. So much we get a chance to talk to. And in a few moments, we're going to start the show with a, a very on a very somber note, um, just kind of expressing an unfortunate loss that we've discovered over the weekend and somebody we will miss dearly. But first, let's tell you a little bit about the program today and see what's coming up on Kelly and Ramya. The NFL playoffs kicked off this past weekend. Brock Richardson, he arrives shortly to recap this and more on his sports update. Our community reporter from Southern Ontario, Annette Dennis, joins us for her monthly report. And today she's talking about blind soccer workshop in London, Ontario. Well, Danielle will then follow up a little later on in hour two. The Canadian Association of Broadcasters reported that there is a lack of representation of people with disabilities in broadcasting. We've discussed it. Danielle will bring us up to, to speed on kind of where it is now. and We'll get into a conversation about it in hour two right here on Kelly and Ramya. Well, I want to bring up the somber note that I mentioned a little while ago, something that um, I hate to announce on the show. Many of you out here in Ontario already know. Ontario's sitting lieutenant governor says David Onley, who held the same post for seven years, has died at the age of 72. Lieutenant Governor Elizabeth Dowdswell issued a statement this evening announcing Onley's death, but provided no details. Onley, who used a motorized scooter after having polio as a child, was the first visibly disabled person to hold the lieutenant governor position when he was appointed to the role in 2007. He championed accessibility issues both during and after his term, at one point delivering a blistering indictment of Ontario's efforts to keep up with its own accessibility legislation. He also had a long career as a television newscaster with a focus on science and technology reporting. Dowdswell says he is survived by his wife Ruthann and three sons. Nicole Reese, the Canadian Press. I had approached David to come on the show, and his wife had got back to me. This was when we first started 
uh, Kelly and Company kind of wanted to see how often we could hear his wisdom, his words. And at that time, it just wasn't a good time. Some things were going on. And this was this was more than six years ago. I had met David a few times when I was working on the AMI-TV side, and we had had plenty of laughs and, and really good discussion. Danielle, I have to say the one thing I learned about David is what a listener. The man wanted to know about you, wanted to hear your thoughts, your ideas, would be able to take something that he was explaining to you, talking about passionately, break it down so anyone could understand it. I, I don't know of your experience and what you reflect as seeing him on TV as the science reporter, but also into those years between uh, 07 and 14, where he was representing so many people, of course, the Queen primarily, but so many of us in his side, uh, side stand talking about disability. Well, you know, my first experience with David Only, who sadly I never was able to meet personally, was as a TV reporter. And I remember in the very early days, um, they were very reluctant to show any of his assistive devices or his motorized scooter. Um, and I think as time went on, it became clear that he had no problem with being seen in a long shot no, uh, no. Where, riding on, on his scooter. And I remember the whole question about the accessibility of Queen's Park, where they had to actually build a ramp so that he could get into the lieutenant governor's entrance, which naturally was not set up for somebody using some kind of mobility device. And I think no. it brought focus to the whole issue of disability rights like nothing before. It was a very impressive thing that he did and uh, continued to do right to the very end. Of course, there was his report on accessibility that came out four years ago, and a very powerful piece of, of work that he did there. And, you know, many people are saying now, and I hope that others are listening, that the best way mm -hmm. we can honor him is to actually do something with that report and follow his recommendations. Keep things moving. That's the big thing. I speak a little bit about this on our audio vanity card that you can hear uh, listening to the second portion of the uh, uh, Kelly and Romeo podcast. You can subscribe and check that out. Just a few of my thoughts, but I will leave you on this. And Danielle, thank you. One of the things that I tried so hard to rescue from David that was a beautiful item he had and he showed me was a ceramic poppy. And I've been looking for that kind of thing because it was so impressive, um, obviously in his position and supporting the military and wearing it and, and wearing it very proudly. But quite frankly, whatever David did, whatever he stood for, he wore it very proudly. We're going to take a break, ladies and gentlemen. A lot ahead on the program as we're just kicking off two hours right here on Kelly and Romeo, Danielle McLaughlin and I. We will be back. David Babcock will join us in a moment here on the program to talk tech. And boy, does he have a big helping of, uh, of information for us today that you don't want to miss. Don't miss a minute. Kelly and Ramya will be right back. Well, we appeared on your TV in full color 
everything that you want to say about it with, of course, our embedded description talking about so many things that we talk about on the show so you can follow along with us. And we thank you for gracing us every day, being here and letting us be in your homes with you uh, and uh, this new format for us, Kelly and Ramya. But today, filling in for Ramya, Danielle McLaughlin, one of our contributors, joining me on the program. And you, ladies and gentlemen out there, wherever you're listening and around the world, thanks a lot for being with us. As mentioned, uh, I am Kelly McDonald in a home studio in London, Ontario, and on main campus at AMI, Danielle McLaughlin. Kelly Michael Babcock joins us every Monday to talk all things tech. App news, device reviews, security advice, and more. It's time to talk tech with me, Michael Babcock. Get your dose of ever-changing technology knowledge right here on Kelly and Romeo. Hello, Michael. Are you there? It's nice to, to hear you. First time we got to talk this new year, so happy new year. Yes, happy new year to you too as well. And it's Michael, not David, although I, I might change my name to David <laughs> Babcock. That could be fun. Well, I, I did know it was Michael. Uh, we won't say who, who said David. We won't mention that. No, at not all. at all. Not at all. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Michael... I hear you've been uh, traveling around and you've been to something called CES. What is CES? Yeah, so I have not been to CES, but I got a lot of details about it. And and I want to make it a effort to actually make it to CES next year because this is an amazing uh, consumer electronics show. And this is where companies come to show off some of the work that they're working on in the technology field. So uh, it was often things don't come to fruition. So people are, will go there and show some of the products or some of the concepts that they have. And we may or may not see those things. But this is the place where you can go to see some of the new trends starting. And we'll go over some important dates here in a minute related to CES and some of the trends that some of us may remember or possibly still use. Uh, June 1967 in New York City is where CES got started. And then um, from 1978 through 94, there were two CESs per year. They had a winter in Las Vegas and a summer uh, CES in New York. In 1998, the organization started doing one per year, and that was uh, the uh, winter CES, and that is in Las Vegas all the time. Now, some of the things that were introduced at CES that have definitely impacted our lives is in 1981, I didn't realize it was this far back, but the compact disc player was introduced uh, at CES. Uh, that was introduced by Philips and Sony in a uh, combination with each other. 1985, Nintendo introduced the Nintendo Entertainment System, and I have hours of memories playing on one of those <laughs> or the Super Nintendo. Uh, 1988, the year I was born, uh, there was the Tetris that was introduced at CES. And then one other thing, I got to ask Kelly if he can explain this to listeners who may not know, but 1998, <laughs> DVD was released. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was more going back to the uh, compact disc players in my head thinking, gee, the first one I had was originally placed $900, and that was like 1984. 
Then I went and got that, and I was so proud because it was on sale for a big whopping $377. And I thought I was getting a steal. I had to put it on layaway, though. You know, they weren't letting this kid walk out with that. Um, but, Michael, when you look at the history, that really surprises me so much. So many cool things there that that you're reminded of, including the the split, Vegas, New York, making sense, yeah. you know, to try to catch more people. Now so many people go out there. What, what would you say for that person like yourself going out there? I mean, it, it must be a challenge. The thing is huge, getting around and stuff mm -hmm. like that when it comes to accessibility. Any thoughts there or things you've picked up or heard or how they're growing that that piece? So I'm very fond of Tom Merritt's daily tech news show that he does. And he sent a team to CES this year. And they said, because uh, you got to remember, the last CES was in 2020. 2021, right. they were shut down. And then they reopened with a, with a smaller group in 2022. And uh, I don't know that Tom sent someone in 2022, but this year, which is so weird to think about, we're in 2023. But anyways, mm -hmm. this year they sent someone and there was about 117,000 people there and they were getting reviews uh, that were mixed. One group of people who maybe this was their first year attending said, man, it was a little busy, but I could, I could get around a little bit. And then you had people who had been there in 2020 when there was about 180,000 people who said it was a little busy, but I could also get around. So it really depends next year. I think it's going to be back to the 2020 version. And I think mm -hmm. that probably poses some interesting accessibility challenges for, for people trying to get around that, that cramped area as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to get some interesting discussion on that because it's so true. Okay, sir, I know people are waiting. What did we see at the 2023 CES? So our homes are going to get smarter and matter's going to matter. And you might be thinking, what are you talking about, Michael? <laughs> so there's this protocol that's been talked about for a while called matter. And that makes, uh, you know, a-Lady devices or Google devices or Apple HomeKit devices actually talk to each other and play nice together, which is huge when it comes to home management in your smart home. Mm. So uh, you're going to start hearing things that will say this has matter support. And if you have the choice of purchasing something that does or does not have matter support, I recommend purchasing something with matter support simply because that's going to future proof you and uh, right. in more cases than not give you the compatibility with other products that you may want to use. Um, LG Zero Connect. This was this was real interesting. It was a standout to me because it's a TV, and and we'll talk about sizes in a minute that you can stick to your wall, and it's battery powered, and it is a 97 inch TV that will wirelessly receive 120 k uh, hertz wirelessly uh, connection and it's 4k so um that is like that that's some high quality video that yeah. you can send to your tv without having to be anchored to a receiving device uh sony and honda talked about their uh afila vehicle this is the electric vehicle that sony's been hinting at uh, over the last couple of years Honda is now helping and, and involved in that whole process of, of working on the Afila, which is based on the words feel, and they want you to feel good when you're driving the car. Um, there is a huge emphasis on the 
user interface experience. And I think that's important. A lot of times we look at, oh, how does this car look? But yeah, more yeah, importantly, exactly. especially with things, yeah, with more with things getting more technologically advanced, you want to be able to safely interact with your car. And it sounds like that's what Honda and Sony are, are working on. Uh, with things, you scan uh, will allow, it's a new product category that is looking to unlock health information that can be found in a urinary analysis. And it's a cartridge-based system. So it looks like it's going to be very affordable and it can detect, uh, measure, and analyze multiple uh different things in the urine that someone uh might be using this with that was actually uh widely talked about now this next thing i'm gonna mention is called Mowatch. i think is how you pronounce that and this is a watch that doesn't tell time they released the watch and and replaced the face with ancient stones because they celebrate the belief that time is now. So they don't uh, want you to worry about what time it is, but it's your time is now. But what this will do is it will allow you to capture data because our bodies have a lot of data that's being shared with these electric devices. And uh, so it'll capture a lot of that data and give you feedback to be able to act on that data. A couple more things to mention here. John Deere played a role in smart farming. So uh, they have some tools that will go out and do some self-driving and some self-planting. And, and it will work um, with your computer and your smart devices. BMW showed a color-changing car. Doesn't affect me. But that sounds very intriguing. <laughs> yeah, uh, yep. a headband that helps you sleep. And uh, Double Tap did a great review of this on their show, uh, not last week, but the previous week when it was announced. And that is an accessible PS5 controller that Sony announced as well. Excellent. People can go back and check that out via the uh, Double Tap podcast. And I was thinking, Danielle, feel. You hear that? That doesn't mean blind people in a car driving by feel. No, no. Thank you. <laughs> Just a little nervous there. Of course, what, what concerns me is, is the privacy implications of a lot of this stuff. You know, who gets hold of the data? Is it just the user or is it going to be shared elsewhere? You know, if... If your urine is telling people a lot about you, should it be mm -hmm. telling anybody other than just you? Or, you know, how, how far do we want to share that information? But those are other questions. Um, I wondered, Michael, what is something that, that people should be aware of when reviewing the CES coverage? Not everything is going to come to fruition. Uh, as I kind of explained in the beginning, you know, this is a place where people will bring their prototypes or their tests and say, hey, is this something you would use? See if there's a market for it. And if there appears to be, then maybe they'll move forward with it. And if you read something about a color changing car or a headband you can wear at night to learn about your your uh, sleeping habits, know that the form factor and the abilities of these tools could change at any time as well because technology is evolving. And this is what's currently available at CES. Okay. Well, sir, what are you most excited about from this CES? Smart home tech. So 
Uh, we are renting, so we're kind of limited to what we can do uh, because the my first smart home that I ever experienced was the Hue bulbs. And I was like, hey, let's pick up some more Hue bulbs and put them in our uh, house here. Well, the lights are built into the ceilings, and so it, you can't just really go change the light. And uh, you can change the light switch to a smart switch, uh, but you have to get permission from the people you're renting from, too. So renting has me slightly limited, but smart home technology i am excited about and health is also important to me uh because my mother suddenly passed away at 40 uh just just after her 40th birthday party and she or birthday uh birthday not birthday party but uh just after her 40th birthday she passed away and she had suffered with uh the effects of diabetes for about 12 years prior to that and so to me health is a little bit more conscious of something that i'm aware of I probably should do better on the health side of things, but that has me intrigued. And then also the new metaverse, uh, being able to interact mm. with objects and people that aren't actually there in person and the accessibility or lack thereof have me definitely interested. And in. that's some of the things I'll be watching over the next year or so. Well, in the brief moments that we have left, can you change direction a little bit and tell us about a bookstore reader for iOS and Android that was released and how you you are using the app. Yeah, so I uh, sent these notes in to tell you guys what I wanted to talk about, and uh, AutoCorrect got me there. It was supposed to be Bookshare, but it ah, put bookstores. So uh, note to people, uh, uh, proof your, your content when you send it <laughs> in. Uh, so Bookshare was released in the United States. It's available on iOS and Android. Um, and uh, you sign in with your Bookshare account, and then you can go and add uh, books to the Bookshare uh, application. And then you can download them and read them right there on your iPhone or your Android. And then uh, another plug for another great show on AMI, uh, Double Tap actually is talking about the Bookshare app on today's show. So you can pick that up on the podcast and on uh, the replays. Um, and, and they do a great job at going over it if you want to know how to use it. Well, awesome, Michael. Sounds great. That is perfect. Go ahead, Thank Danielle. Thank you. Join us next Monday for a Tech Talk with our friend Michael Babcock. And we'll be back in a few moments. The NFL playoffs kicked off this weekend. Brock Richardson will talk about it after this. Stick around and learn something new. Kelly and Ramya return with more in a moment. You know, at Consumer Electronics, I sit here thinking, I wonder how long before that driverless vehicle is there to take me all around because all that walking, 180,000 people potentially or more. Oh, boy, just not up my alley, that's for yeah. sure. However, Danielle, there is so much there that one would want to experience, learn, even if it never comes to fruition. There's always just so many cool things, too much to mention. Yeah, a car that can change color. I'm going to have to think about that for a while. Like, why? I think would you that's want one? I don't know. I would have to f find out 
what colors they have, you know. I mean, that might be I an wonder, interesting thing. Would that change, I guess, the price of, you know, how right now, Oh, everything if you does, want a certain right? colored car, we'll just put a little extra money on there because you're making a request. Oh, that color's more expensive than, than these colors. I wonder if you could just say, well, that's fine. I'll buy the most bland car and just change those just colors. Just keep changing it up. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> on Mondays, not only do we talk uh, tech with Michael, but we start the week with the latest sports updates. Brock Richardson of the Neutral Zone gives us the headlines. I'm Brock Richardson, and I love sports. As a former pro athlete, I bring you the sports angle beyond the headlines, plus parasport news and analysis. Would you uh, would you want a changing color vehicle, Richardson? One hundred percent. What would I, you do? I I would I would be changing it like on a weekly basis <laughs> because like I look at my car now, I'm like, it's just white. But then if I change it, I'm like. How long would I keep the other one for? You know, uh, it's I, I would... dirty. I better change it to gray. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it hasn't been through the car wash in a long time. We better hide this color. It's dirty. Maybe yeah, one of the would... colors, Danielle, will be uh, dirty. Dirty, dirty yeah. is a good color. I just, I thought that it could just sort of change color as you go. So you know, between stoplights, you can go from red to blue or green or I don't know. I. The imagination runs wild. <laughs> uh, that uh, policeman saw me run that light. Just change the color here. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brock, let's get into some sports. What's your leadoff items for us today? I have two leadoff items for you. First of all, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and the Toronto Blue Jays have avoided arbitration and come to a one-year deal for, wait for it, $14.5 million. This is a one-year nice. deal. However, the same cannot be said for one Bo Bichette. The two sides are headed to arbitration. What that basically means is that there is an arbitrator and each side sort of gets its say of this is what I think I'm worth. And then the Toronto Blue Jays in this case say this is what we think you're worth. And uh, they go back and forth. History does show that arbitration can sometimes be a little bit hard. Um for both sides. I think there's penalties too, Brock. I, I think if you end up going to arbitration somewhere down the way when it comes to negotiations, I believe not only obviously are you, you know, the player and you further apart on things in general, and maybe that continues, but I, I think if players don't go to arbitration, great, but I think there's some leverage or that's removed for you uh, if you end up going. I, I'm not sure the rules, but I believe there is. Yes, I believe you are correct. I'm not sure the rules either, but I there, there would almost have to be a, a penalty because you're, yeah. you're kind of, you're kind of taking each other away from services that can be, uh, rendered one way or another. You know what? Next week I will come back and I will look at what the exact penalties are and if I could make sense of the uh, the the legal jargon, I will uh, come back with you with the uh, cold zones version of what those penalties are. But I'd be I'd be surprised if there isn't uh, some penalties. I'm pretty sure there are, but what they are remains to be seen. Uh, okay. This uh, the second leadoff item I have for you is the fact that the uh, under eighteen Women's uh, Hockey Championship took place. Uh, we have the bronze medal going to the United States with a 5 nothing victory over uh, Finland. And the gold medal goes to Canada with a 10 nothing victory over Sweden. So those are your final results for that event. Well, that's 
Nice to know. This year is the first year you've really invested yourself in this particular event, Brock. What are your overall thoughts on it, and uh, where do we still need to improve regarding women's hockey altogether? Uh, this event is a really great event. Um, I'm not sure that the gold medal game with the result of 10 nothing was the most you know flashy version of the gold medal game that they would want. I think they were hoping for a uh, Canada-U.S. Uh, final, as uh, most of us were, uh, just because it would be more of a what they would hope to be a competitive uh, final. What I, I've learned beyond that, Danielle, is like I said, it's a really great event. I think that there needs to be more work on the uh, promoting of the event and just overall awareness. So us talking about it right now uh, in front of all the many viewers of Kelly and Ramia is where we have to start and where it begins. I think the difference with the uh, under 20 event is for the men is that these are names that have sort of become ingrained in our brains before they're even taking the ice. And I'm not sure the same can be said about the women's game just because of TV dollars, revenue, all those things. And so getting the word out there and, and understanding that this is good hockey is important. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I, I sometimes like women's hockey uh, in a different way over the men's because you see more of the finesse rather than the we're just going to do mm. the forecheck, pucks in deep, things like that. So there are you know pros to uh, women's hockey in general. I know here in London, they speak very highly of the Devilettes. Uh, five of them went to uh, into this tournament for representing Canada for uh, really, really, really a really good representation when you when you think about it. But I think people like to say, oh, it's a bit of a slower hockey. I think it's a, would you say at times, Brock, a smarter hockey, maybe a little less reactionary, um, but, but, you know, good skating and, and smarter. Yes, and I think more of the uh, fundamentals comes out in in women's hockey than, you know, forechecking our way out of this or body mm -hmm. checking our way out of this or pushing and shoving. And don't get me wrong, even though women's hockey has a quote-unquote no contact rule, there is certainly contact, but it's just on a less than level with the men's game. And I think the men can sometimes get themselves out of trouble using the body, whereas the women mm -hmm. have to use skill and finesse moreover. That's what I like okay. to, to think as well. And when I've watched women's hockey, I get the sense that it's more about skill and less about violence. And I think that that's why there are people who le lean more towards an interest in women's hockey. Yeah, I agree. And uh, for those of you, you know, in the... Uh, Ontario region. Uh, this year is a good opportunity to check out women's hockey as the uh, world event is coming to Brampton, Ontario uh, in April. And so good opportunity for those of us in that neck of the woods to check it out. I, for one, will be doing that as well. But I just wanted to get it out there uh, on this program just because I know it's not shone as bright of a light as some other sports. So the NFL playoffs kicked off this past weekend. What are your biggest takeaways? Uh, it's it's funny you should ask this question because I wrote down big leads don't mean anything in in, in the playoffs. We saw uh, there was a lead of uh, 
27 nothing, which was overtaken. We also saw that there was a lead of 17 nothing, which saw the uh, Miami Dolphins make it a game and Buffalo only winning, uh, you know, by three points. This tells me that, you know, teams are able to come back and are able to dig themselves out of deeper holes. We also know that second and third string quarterbacks can hold their own in the NFL in the playoffs. Baltimore Ravens quarterback uh, Tyler Huntley really almost pulled off a uh, an upset with the Cincinnati Bengals yesterday, which would have been sort of the biggest upset of the week, barring an upset that might come today, which we'll talk about in a minute. But, you know, you just never know in the playoffs. Once you get in to the playoffs, you never know. And the other uh, third-string quarterback was Skylar Thompson of the Miami Dolphins. Everybody gave Miami no chance uh, to win the game yesterday. Well, I can tell you that Skylar Thompson really did do his own, and he's coming in as a third-string quarterback, and that's really hard to do in today's mm-hmm. world. So, to me, big leads, and just because you're not a number-one starter doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot. You know, some of us don't follow uh, football, but um, even those of us who don't have been watching quite closely when we learned about what had happened with uh, the Buffalo Bills safety, Damar Hamlin. Can you mm-hmm. give us an idea of how he is doing? What's what's the update on his condition? He is doing really well, like really well. He is out of hospital in both uh, Cincinnati and Buffalo. He did not um, be a part of the sidelines yesterday. He was taking in the action and this is a really good sign. I mean, we went from uh, two weeks ago today to wondering whether he would live to two weeks ago, two weeks beyond that, talking about him uh, succeeding and doing well in life. There is obviously no timeline as to when he will return to football. It will not be this season. I think that doesn't surprise anybody whatsoever. Uh, but the fact that he may be able to be on the sidelines at some point during this uh, playoff run will be a good sign. And some people will ask and will say things like, you know, do do situations like this, you know, bring up the morale of a team? Uh, my answer to that is yes. When you, when you are uh, playing for partially yourself, but for a teammate who suffered such a, um, what could have been a life-changing injury, yes, this does change it. And we now know that the Cincinnati Bengals and Buffalo Bills will now play each other uh, next weekend, which is almost storybook in the sense that this is the way, this is the place where the incident happened. And so now the two teams can can rest assured and know that um, DeMar is doing better. And I got to tell you both that both of the teams, Cincinnati and Buffalo, need to play better uh, this coming weekend than, mm-hmm. than they did this last weekend yeah. because they both got quite a bit of a scare on the field. I bet. Yep, well, sure. it is good and, news. And we're loving what we're seeing with this charity. I mean, it galvanized the country, uh, and of course, here in the United States and other places, and a lot of donations coming in. Uh, really phenomenal. Uh, let's squeeze this one in, Brock. Minnesota twin shortstop. Carl Correa has been in the news almost amusingly. Fill us in on this. <laughs> yes, he finally resigns with the Minnesota Twins after already being, quote-unquote, committed to two other teams, being the San Francisco <laughs> Giants and the New York Mets. And I want to bring this full circle 
both teams in the uh, San Francisco Giants and New York Mets either went to a press conference and said that we have him or publicly said we needed him. And all because of a, uh, you know, a health report that uh, a physical, that's the word I'm looking for, a physical, it wasn't produced and he was kind of playing chicken with this. This was what was happening. And finally, he resigns for a long-term deal with the Minnesota Twins. I, for one, have never seen anything like this. This is weird. I know you've been a baseball fan longer than I, Kelly. Have you seen anything such as the Carlos Correa scenario? Only those teases out there or the floating of teams' names just to raise, you know, to push up price. I think the funniest thing is when you used to have those double headers that were back to back when a trade would be made by the two teams and somebody would leave in the midst of a game and then be on the for the second game on the other squad. Uh, real quick, sir, what's coming up on the neutral zone before we let you go? We are going to be joined by wheelchair basketball star and five time Paralympic athlete Patrick Anderson. He'll be joining us on this week's episode. Neutral Zone, you can hear it on AMI Audio, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. You can find it available to you as a podcast and on YouTube. Brock Richardson joins us. You can uh, catch him on weekday mornings on Now with Dave Brown. Have a good one, Brock. You as well. Thank you. We will step aside for a couple of moments. And right there, I mentioned, of course, their video podcast and so much more. But we have got a lot ahead as Greg David joins us for AMI Highlights. He has a lot to recap and to really set you up for stuff you might want to go find. Danielle and I will return in a moment. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. you're settled back checking us out whether you're live with us at 2 p.m eastern or one of the repeats on ami audio and ami tv 10 p.m eastern and uh, 6 a.m in the morning always wonderful to know you're out there and always want to hear from you so when you get time maybe drop us a message somewhere whether it's on twitter whether it's a phone message or over there uh, at the accessible media inc facebook page it's always wonderful i know danielle mclaughlin who's joining us here uh when we were doing rehearsals for Ramya and I, we really had to focus on, okay, now you got to remember, stay in the moment. You know, at first you start thinking, gee, I wonder how much I'll be on camera. I better not do this. I better not do that. Um, with your first time co-hosting on the program, have you had any of those concerns either going into or once that red light over there flashed and says, Danielle, <laughs> you're on, smile. Yeah. It's all about the itches, right? You want to scratch your nose, <laughs> but you don't want to scratch your nose when the camera's looking at you. I, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, hang in there and uh, just do what you can. And uh, everybody uh, who, who can see you or when you get caught, well, uh, they'll just chuckle along with you. That's it. Folks, every Monday we take a little bit of time to spotlight some of the things that are going on over here at AMI. And today we're going to focus on some original AMI podcast that recently moved to a new platform and joining us today to talk about them our communications uh specialist uh greg david he joins us now greg welcome back hey kelly thanks for having me danielle happy new year happy new year lovely to see you again great to see you too no scratching okay 
<laughs> Only when no one's looking, yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, see, Greg can tell you, he's the pro. He's been on here doing the TV thing for a while. He knows better, that's for sure. <laughs> that's good. So, Greg, welcome to the show, of course, and let's get right to this really cool, exciting news, as AMI has recently launched, speaking of being on camera, some new and exciting podcasts. Um, let's start with, why add these podcasts to YouTube if our primary primarily audience, primary audience, I'll, I'll I'll make the I'll make the right selection of words, <laughs> is low vision or blind? Yeah, I mean it's a great question, and the short answer to that is that uh, AMR, AMI's core audience will always be the blind and partially sighted community, uh, and you will always find all of our podcasts, including the ones that we're going to speak about today, on your favorite podcasting platform, just like uh, during the break they were mentioning where you can download the podcast from. But research has shown that YouTube has quickly become the platform to discover podcasts, regardless of what your ability is. So whether you're blind or partially sighted, deaf or hard of hearing, um, YouTube is the place to be for your podcasts. And the numbers, which we're going to talk about as we get into some of the video podcasts are available have really borne that out we've had lots of success with the podcast that we're going to talk about today and uh and we're looking forward to launching at least uh one more that we're going to talk about at the end of this segment okay so tell me if someone is partially or fully sighted what will they actually see when they visit one of the podcasts mm -hmm. on youtube yeah, it's a great question. Uh, the podcasts are set up very simply with a host speaking into the camera. And if there are any guests on those podcasts, whether they're, uh, they'll, be, they'll be joining virtually using their own camera, camera setup, uh, there are minimal graphics. And when applicable, the host will be describing uh, you know, what they're wearing. Uh, that's quite, that happens. I know, Kelly, uh, you do that off the top of Kelly and Ramya every day. Um, and uh, you know, they'll describe what they're wearing or any other pertinent visual information and additionally we're having transcripts of all of these podcasts available not only on YouTube so that you could stream them while you're watching or listening to the podcast uh, but you also can download them from the show pages on ami.ca so those in the deaf and hard of hearing community can access them as well or those that just find things you know follow along uh, following along with words a little bit uh, a little bit easier for them I know that I'm doing that more and more with the television that I'm watching I'm putting on those closed mm -hmm. captions because some of the shows that I watch, the accents in Britain and Ireland uh, and uh, in other countries can be kind of hard sometimes to hear. Uh, so I'll put on the closed captioning. That's amazing. Yeah, good idea. And I know many people have said that even listening to audio description. Um, when people tell me they, they check out AMI-TV and you say to them, oh, really? Uh, what, what do you like? Well, I love, you know, I'm expecting them to name a show and they talk about the embedded description. So, Greg, let's talk a little bit about some of the podcasts <laughs> that are available. You want to start with Tripping on Air? Yeah, let's do that. So Fashion Dis host Ardra Shepard, along with Alex Hajar, who is her friend, she brings her confessional and informational blog, Tripping on Air, to the podcast. And basically, she and Alex sit down once a month and spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Um, uh, Ardra Shepard has MS and Alex's wife has MS. So Alex comes at it from the standpoint of a spouse or somebody in a relationship with someone with multiple sclerosis. And so each month, the two of them get together. They also have guests on. And as they say, they invite the cool kids of chronic illness to tune in, hang out, have a laugh, learn some tips, and above <laughs> all, feel seen. 
I nice. like that cool kids. It's yeah. all yes. true. <laughs> and yeah. uh, speaking of cool kids, former now with Dave Brown community reporters Becky Czar is uh, back with a podcast called Raising Kindness with Becky Czar. And uh, she's quite wonderful. Can you tell us a bit more about her podcast? Yeah, happy to. Uh, Becky's a former registered nurse. She just wrapped up her successful AMI audio memoir, The Blind Reality, after two years and 20 episodes. And now she's turning the spotlight on other people. So in Raising Kindness with Becky Zarr, Becky and her son Bennett perform acts of kindness in uh, settings like shelters, uh, community centers, nursing homes, all done in southern Saskatchewan where they live. And along the way, listeners are going to learn about the work being done in those venues, and they're going to meet the people who improve the lives of those in need. Some of the places that they they uh, have visited so far, uh, they spoke to folks at the CNIB camp in Saskatchewan. They've also spoken to members of the Canadian Legion. And an interesting part about raising kindness with Becky Zarr is that Bennett will often have a friend come with him and Becky to the location where they go and do some volunteering. And there's a challenge every, every in every new podcast of Raising Kindness where Bennett challenges people to step out of their comfort zone and do something for a member of your local community. So maybe it's heading down to a food bank and helping either you know serve food or load up boxes and bags of food for people that come in and pick those things up. So it really is not only educational, but it's also you know you know passing things forward and challenging people to get out of maybe their comfort zone or even helping them figure out like I want to help, but I don't know how to. They uh, they explain how to do it. And the other fun thing is, it's Bennett is under ten years old, and he's already showing that you know he wants to get out and help others, which I think is really important. Mm, for sure, we love that kind of thing. I want to just uh, circle back around to sports. We're offering a video podcast about blind golf, and since he just left a few minutes ago, we can talk behind his back. Uh, Brock yeah. Richardson also has a weekly podcast that we teed up a little bit a while ago called The Neutral Zone. Can you give us some more details? Yeah, so with regard to the, the Blind Golf Canada podcast, that's hosted by Jerry Nelson and Darren Duma, and they're both golfers uh, in the blind community. And this podcast really champions the evolution of the AMI-supported sport, including its recent partnership with Paragolf Canada. Uh, it's been a little bit quiet right now, because I don't know about you guys, but there's a lot of snow on the ground mm. here in Quebec, where I'm talking to you from. So not a lot of golf going on, but once the season starts back up again, they'll be reporting from different uh, Blind Golf uh, Canada Canada tournaments from around the country, and summer episodes are going to feature highlights of the four Paragolf Canada major events held every year. I'm looking forward to those summer episodes because, honestly, even though I've been with AMI for close to five, four or five years now, I don't know a lot about Paragolf Canada and the tournaments that are available in this country. So if you want to learn more about that, tune into the Blind Golf Canada podcast uh, throughout the year. And like you said about uh, the neutral zone, Brock Richardson and his panel of sports experts, they engage in lively roundtable discussion about parasports and professional yeah. sports news and newsmakers. And I'm sure, you know, uh, Brock has talked about this before or Kelly, you have, but I'll mention it again that the neutral zone comes out weekly as an audio podcast, but also, of course, on YouTube, like we're talking about. And viewers have really engaged with the show on YouTube. They had a recent guest on before the holidays. Uh, his name is Jim. Jason Yuha, and he stopped by to talk about his life as a Canadian national blind hockey superstar. And it's been a listener favorite. Hundreds of people have tuned in to check out that one and uh, put in the comments how pleased they were that Jason was on the Neutral Zone podcast. Oh, that's lovely. Now, The Pulse, which is hosted by Joita Gupta, has become very popular as well. 
I understand she has over 300 subscribers uh, on YouTube. Yeah, this is uh, this is crazy, and it just shows the inter the you know not only the interesting topics that Joita talks about and the guests that she has on, um, but also the in depth discussion that she gets into. Uh, she talks about issues impacting the disability community across Canada, and these in depth conversations are really connected with the community. Uh, she spoke to a disability activist, Judith Human, and that podcast has been watched by over two thousand five hundred people. Uh, so just a kind of a tip of the iceberg. Uh, she's spoken to members of the disability community about sex, uh, which is, you know, I think, you know, some people would think that, that that's a taboo subject, but it's also an important one to have if you're a member of the disability community. And uh, like I said, speaking to a disability activists as well, uh, she, uh, her husband read some poetry uh, of her favorite poet, uh, or her favorite poem, excuse me, was uh, listened to, uh, or was recited as a podcast for the Christmas season. And uh, they had over 4,000 people check that one out as well. So the pulse is knocking it out of the park on YouTube. That's great. Congratulations. Yeah, we love that. Uh, those that are new to tech technology world can check out our good friend, Sean of the Shed, hosted by Sean Priest, who folks can hear also on the Double Tap podcast. What will visitors find there? Yeah, so like you said, it's Double Tap. Sean Priest is hosting Sean of the Shed from his shed in Manchester, England. And it really gives those new to the world of technology a helping hand with everything from using a screen reader or smart speakers to unboxing and starting up a new computer. And these are step-by-step -step instructions, and they're meant to walk you through technology if you're a member of the blind and partially sighted community. And if you're just maybe a little bit confused by technology on the whole and just need a little <laughs> bit of help, uh, these uh, episodes come out monthly and they're short and to the point, which I think is really important. Well, oh, yeah. awesome. We are delighted to announce, ladies and gentlemen, that Kelly and Ramya will be joining YouTube as well. Uh, what can listeners and viewers expect when they visit our YouTube page? Yeah, so uh, soon we'll be posting a highlight or two from each week of Kelly and Ramya. It's something that we do with now with Dave Brown. Their producers will pick out something special. We'll package it and we'll put it up on YouTube. So we'll be doing the same thing with Kelly and Ramya. We'll be building that page soon, and we will share information with everyone when that happens so that they can check it out on YouTube for themselves. Awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, Greg, where can people find these video podcasts yeah, uh, I have given you a bunch of information in the last few minutes. So if you head over to ami.ca slash video podcasts, so again, that's ami.ca slash video podcasts, you'll be able to find the podcast descriptions for everything that we spoke about today and direct YouTube uh, uh, links to those pages as well. So you'll be able to click through uh, using your screen reader and then I'll take you right to the YouTube page. Um, and of course, I just want to mention that audio podcasts of what we've talked about are still going to be available from your favorite podcasting platform. So no worries there. It's just we're very excited to be on another platform and be uh, spreading the word about AMI and what we offer to members of the blind and partially sighted and disability community. This has become so popular to manage podcasts this way, put out the YouTube podcast, like you were saying, Greg. Um, when you guys went into it, at that point, from what you'd read, seen, you were pretty positive, all of you, I'm sure, that this is going to fly. Yeah, I, I've been watching in the last couple of years. I watch a lot of content on YouTube now, um, and I never thought that I would be one of those people that did that. So, you know, the the fact that the you the podcasts are available up on YouTube, it just it's such a natural fit um, for companies and for a company like AMI. And it's just been crazy to see that since we launched these podcasts back in the fall, how popular they've become. So we know that we're on the right track. 
Congratulations to everybody involved in the podcast, the projects, whether it uh, be a video podcast or not. All, all success and congratulations. Thanks, Greg. Thanks so much. Join us on Mondays for AMI Highlights. Now, we've got another hour ahead of the program. Let's see what we've got for you. Contributor Grant Hardy. He's going to be telling us why we should use a password manager and describes the one that he likes best. It's called Strongbox. And the Canadian Association of Broadcasters reported that there's a lack of representation of people with disabilities in broadcasting. Danielle McLaughlin will have a conversation with me about that later on. Up next, our community reporter, Annette Dennis, joins us for her monthly report in a few moments. Stay tuned as we begin Hour 2. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.